It'll be okay. One of these days, the worm will turn. And you'll be there for it. You will be there for it when that day comes, Mets fans. Welcome back to Shea Station. It's episode 104. It's Monday, October 3rd. And the Braves have swept the New York Mets and have a two-game lead in the NL East. Lots of emotions, lots of thoughts. Jerry's here in person with me. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. I think today's episode is going to be not the usual status quo. Don't think we'll do the game recaps. Don't think people are here to hear all about that because we were all watching. I actually just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to like. I don't want to recap. We can talk about it. We can that's talk what about we're it. Here for. I don't want to go recap. I'm that. not dissecting I any. I of don't this. think I could handle it. No, I don't think I'd want to listen to it either. I'd have <laughs> no interest in that. I mean, there is so much to say and so little to say at the same time, but. At the say, I, I just want to say that the Atlanta Braves are really good. Boy, are they good! They're just really, really good. Especially right now, they're hot. Dansby Swanson is like the the best player on the planet right now. Matt Olson is crushing mistakes. Uh, still beatable team. Yeah. But um, we had a combination of the Mets not playing to their potential and the Braves playing at the peak of their existence yes and the Mets got their asses kicked dominated yeah I did not love some of the post-game quotes that came after the finale of I thought we played well I I, things along those lines and I know we'll we'll get there we will get there yeah I liked it to be honest okay I'm interested to hear because they played all right yeah they didn't they didn't they played decent defense. They they out hit the Braves. They didn't hit for extra bases. That's the difference. But they had like they had got to Charlie Morton. Should have gotten more. They should have definitely. Well, that's the theme of the entire correct. series. Yeah. But uh, they put themselves in position. They left twenty two men on base to twelve. Like it's the difference. But they played competitive and they just got outplayed. Yeah, I want to ask you. Because you, in 2012, when you were in Oakland A, were on the other side of this. You guys were in second place for the second place and below for majority of the season. You played the first place Rangers at the very end, who were defending American League champions. All of the season, yeah, yeah. And then right at the end, you guys were able to pass them. And complete yeah, so that this story. would have been set up kind of like that season right. had the schedule, because this was initially the last series in that 2012 season. We were down two games to the Texas Rangers reigning back-to-back American League champions, went in down two with three to go and swept to win. That buried the Rangers because they were heavy favorites, went to Baltimore in the wild-card single elimination game and lost and got their butts kicked. They just wanted to go home. The good news for the New York Mets is this has been building. It isn't they – the Mets didn't lose this. They did. I'm not going to downplay – that they didn't step up mm. at all, but the Braves just played amazing and overtook them. But there's three games left to kind of get their mind right, and then yeah. there's a three-game series. So it's not like you're going great and then just crash. You yeah. have time to kind of pull up on the the, the plane as it's diving. Yeah. So you have time. I mean, you can salvage. This next week is going to define this entire season. You know, I mean, this this win total is still great. This team might win a hundred games if they take two of three, but it's going to be how do you respond to an absolute gut punch to start October? Yeah, they they so last night I had to stay after the post game and do a little bit of like they do the Geico Sports Night, sure. and so I had to like stay for a minute. And the host Eamon McEnany was like, you know. The Braves were Mike Tyson, yeah, and they sent a knockout punch. They're the heavyweight, and I liked it because when the Mets are at their best, they're the Floyd Mayweather. Right, they're the best defense by pitching. Their offense is making you swing and miss. Degrom, Scherzer, and then Bassett. Degrom and Scherzer. That's that's Floyd Mayweather. That's the yeah. you know the the tuck and roll. You're never going to land a punch, but they did land punches and. The undefeated Mayweather went down. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the offense is going to win. It happens, and your defense isn't. It wasn't great, but 
they're very capable right. of throwing up nine zeros. Didn't happen. It stinks. People are mad and understandable. But they're still alive. There's still three games to get the whatever it is mojo out of the way and then respond. They've done it all year long. They've they've stopped the bleeding when they needed to and righted the ship. Right. You know. I mean, do you want to talk about the starting pitchers? Is that where we want to go I first? Think, I, think that's the, I think that's fair. I think that's a good place to start. Because, I mean, the offense was not fantastic, but I think most of the headline grabbing is going to DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, who went 0-3 in this series with a 6.91 ERA and six home runs allowed to the Atlanta Braves. Um, but I definitely think it's interesting because the talk on Friday was about how bad DeGrom looked, and then today it feels like... He had a pretty awesome start in <laughs> retrospect <laughs> compared to everyone else. Not awesome. He looked better, though. Yeah. Um, after those two, the back-to-back home runs that he gave up, he got angry and started pitching inside. He jammed Darno, and then from there it was like, this is my plate, I'm attack. He went into attack mode. He got sick of, you know, because when he's going great, he literally can throw the ball here down and away fastball slider it doesn't matter who's at the plate when he's dialed in he does his thing and he doesn't ever have to adjust well he had to adjust and he was mad because this was a two games in a row where he didn't have his a location so he pivoted pivot and he did great like as he started coming in then he threw a 98 mile hour down and in fastball to dansby Danzy beat him. That's going to happen. You're going to give up a, a solo shot here and there. It was three, but he looked very capable. So I, I liked what I saw from DeGrom outside of the loss and the not getting, throwing up a, a gem. Sure. Scherzer, a little different. Yeah. He's scattering hits. He didn't look as crisp. Like he was so good in Milwaukee when he just came off six perfect innings like that's the kind of performance people were expecting from both from both DeGrom and Scherzer and it wanted both expected at least one and got zero yeah I think the Scherzer one hit me a lot harder what one because when you lost game one you're like all right I mean, this was going to be a... You don't beat Max Fried very often. Even with a flu, he still threw five great innings. The Scherzer one hit me over the head because he had handled them this entire season. Uh, In Atlanta on July 11th, seven innings, one earned run, three hits, nine strikeouts, no walks. He got the win. Uh, In Atlanta again later on, six and a third, three earned runs, eight strikeouts, he got the win. He faced them at home as well. And it's just the fact that he had proved... That he could beat them. The start at home, he had seven shutout innings, 11 strikeouts, won that game too. I think that was when I knew things were going to derail completely because you don't win the DeGrom game. The Mets notoriously don't win a lot of DeGrom <laughs> games, so that's kind of just an established fact. But Max Scherzer has been everything advertised this entire season. He had an ERA nearly below two entering that game. And the Braves just took great at-bats against him, one after the other. He made a lot of mistakes over so. the heart of the plate. Yeah. A lot. Like uh, the Olsen got him. Uh, he's He's been, I think Olsen was like one for 10 with six punch outs against him. Did Olsen homer in every game? Olsen and Swanson yeah. homered in every game. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but he had, he had guys set up. Like Olsen, he had him set up for that back foot cutter yeah. that he struck him out on three times. And he left it middle. He, he missed middle. He talked a lot about direction and finish. After he looked shaky in the first inning and they didn't score, I was like, it's over because that's what happens when you're facing an ace. If you don't get to him early, you're not going to get to him yeah. because they get settled in. He never settled in. And that's that's that was the hard thing for me to see from a first ballot Hall of Famer who's had been in every situation – to not be able to write the ship to dial it in was was tough. That's that that one got to me a little bit. But I mean the full on disaster 
had to be Chris Bassett, who I had all the pressure of the world placed on his shoulders, um, but didn't even get out of the third, which was tough. And I think the the yank was correct there for sure. Only 70 pitches, but I don't, I don't think he was getting any deeper into that game. Yeah, I don't think that was a question. Yeah. That was hard for me because I love Chris Bassett. I love and him too. he's been a big game kind of pitcher. Um, he's been a stopper for us all year long. Yep. And then he just he didn't have it. His He was mechanically like Scherzer and then he he that was tough because he was nowhere near the zone he had an RBI walk on the bases loaded he hit, hit Riley, Riley. Yeah. Uh, and then hats off to Travis Darno. it's never going away he's going to kill Bassett, us forever Bassett made a good curveball he left it middle but it was down it was sharp because some, you know, you get away with those sometimes because he had to throw a strike. It was two-two. Darno just sat. Great piece of hitting. That's the opposite of what the Mets got. If you're gonna play small ball like the Mets have been playing all year, and you're gonna get a bunch of hits and guys on base, you have to have a clutch hit. Travis Darno had a clutch hit. The Mets really didn't have it outside of you know Jeff McNeil. Yeah, I mean, we can talk. Jeff McNeil might be the only good. Yeah, thing we'll, that get came out of the we'll get to him. We'll get to him. We'll get to there eventually. Bassett. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to say that the moment was too big for him, but I think the game sped up a bit, and the weight kind of got to him a little bit. Pitching in Atlanta, that was an absolutely hostile environment. They were loud. That was a playoff atmosphere. That was the playoffs. And Bassett's only playoff experience was in 2020 when there were no crowds. So. Again, there's some silver linings that we can cover at the end, but the Mets guys that haven't been there before feeling what it's like to pitch there or to hit there in those moments, it, like you can't explain how valuable that is. I was going to say the same thing. That is so invaluable going into what is now going to start the playoffs this weekend. Like it's creeping up on them right away. And, you know, I, I think you, you danced around them not being ready for the moment. I don't think they were ready for the moment full on. I think some guys specifically had standout performances. Um, a couple innings got away from our starters, but I think collectively as a unit, this team hadn't experienced an environment like that. And if you're going to get baptized by uh, getting that playoff atmosphere, Atlanta is a good place to do it because I don't think there's a tougher place to play for this team right now than Atlanta um, pitchers have often said that, like, you know, walking off the mound or walking onto the mound with those flashing lights in the crowd is one of the most intimidating things you could probably experience in MLB. And you get three home playoff games now if you're the wild card team, which is looking like an incredibly likely Hopefully possibility. Hopefully only two. Hopefully only two. That's the best case scenario. A, in, a good, in a good way. Hopefully yes. only two. Yes. Not in a, <laughs> not, not in a bad way. Um but I think it was, you know, this was Pete Alonso's first experience with this. This was Jeff McNeil, although he shined in it a little bit, his first experience with this. And I think, you know, this is going to weigh on their minds, even if they succeed in the first or second round of the playoffs, because Lord knows if the Mets do end up getting to that final round in the NL, I fully believe the Braves will be there waiting for them. Fully. Yeah, I mean, they looked like the reigning champs. They looked like they were better than the Dodgers. Uh, I think I think that can be an argument that you can have. They're, they looked incredible. Like, lineup obviously dialed in. Their starters, pretty darn good. Max Fried was great, went out five because he got sick. Kyle Wright was all right, solid. They're missing Spencer Strider. Yeah, they're, he's if coming they have, back potentially, though, for the DS. Maybe, but will he be the same? Will yeah. he have the same kind of leash? Whatever the case may be. Because Charlie Morton, instead of Spencer Strider, is a huge difference. Yeah, even Strider would be right behind yeah, he would get game he would two. get game two, yeah. and then you know, twenty-one game winner Kyle Wright would be their third starter, which is intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> but their bullpen was incredible, deep, so deep. Yeah, the Mets bullpen pitched fine. I was uh, so I was going to shout them out later yeah. on when we were talking about the more Lugo positive threw stuff. one bad pitch in his two innings of yeah. work, and Olsen hit it for a home run. And he literally threw one bad pitch. Everyone else besides McGill pitched. Very, very well. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And that's a tough pill for us to swallow because we mm. this is we a, were we were this is a heavy McGill. We love very, Tyler McGill. I thought that he could transfer into the bullpen and be a weapon. Still possible. The idea makes sense. Yeah. In analysis, but not in execution. Yeah. But the Mets got their butts kicked. So here here's the final and you wrote it down, but Mark Feinzan on Twitter. Let me let me pull it up. Pull it up. Okay. 
Great follow, by the way. Mark yes, finds it. I agree. Since the Mets had a 10.5 game lead on June 1st, so that was the biggest lead. Yeah. They are 63-44. and 44. That is on pace over 162 games to win 95 games. That's really a, good. That is a damn good team. The Braves, since that time, have gone 76 and 32, which is 114 win pace. So that would be the second best MLB team of all time. Yes, in the regular season. So, as crazy as it is that the Mets collapsed, I don't think collapse is the choke right word. Choke is a better word than collapse. I, think. I don't think choke is a good word either. They okay. choked in this series. That's what I'm saying. Because collapse would mean they you're not. They in choked it. in this series. Yeah. Uh, but over the course, this is why you play 162 games. The Braves won. They beat them. The Mets didn't fall apart and collapse. The Braves took it. So that's that's the difference. But who knows? They still the Mets are still very very good. I think that that's the hard part for a lot of fans to remember this morning that's, specifically. That's what we're here for. Exactly. And you're you're allowed to feel the weight of the world. That was a rude awakening. Yes. That was a slap in your face. You're not as good as you think you are. Or the Braves aren't who they thought they you thought they were. I mean, this is a Braves team that is now on their way to their fifth straight division title. They've been there before. They've gone through adversity. They've gone through their own playoff heartbreak. They lost 10 to nothing in the first inning of an NLDS one time against the Cardinals. Yeah, it was, I it was a long time ago, but... Oh, yeah, you're on that. Were you on the roster for that? Or no, no, it was the... Um, I was thinking of the 19... 19- game decider 2019 when yeah. they went into game five and they were like all right and then they gave up 10 runs in Who the first it? inning i think it was Fulton Fulton, Fulton, yeah. yeah faulty um that but tough. the point is you know they've gone through their own arc and i think ours is, is just beginning and i think you know to shoot your way to stardom immediately is an extremely rare thing and this team winning 98 games is some version of that for sure but it was never going to be easy. And you were going to have to face the Braves the entire run of the way. And if you want to get to the biggest stage, you're going to have to face them again. That's what I, That's where I'm at. Yeah. So everybody is bummed. Again, you you lost the ability to set your starting rotation up. Which is here's, here's the two biggest losses, I think, from not winning the division. Again, it's not finalized, but yeah. the Mets have to sweep and the, the Braves, Braves have, have to, to get, get swept. swept which which is, I don't think has happened this season. The Braves haven't gotten swept. I don't think they've gotten swept this uh, season. Okay. I, I don't know that, but it feels like early in the year they had to have because they were they came were out. Let's, let's see. But the two biggest things that they lost is the DS, the division series, isn't going to go DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. Right. And we don't give Starling Marte those extra five days to get healthy possibly. Yes. Because his absence has been a glaring hole uh, at the back of that lineup. So those are the two big losses. That's 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 the this part that's the worst. But if you're going to win the World Series, you have to win re- like regardless of where you are and when you are. Right. You still have uh, Degrom and Scherzer set up to go one two. It's just going to be, you know, in the wild card against most likely the Padres, maybe the Phillies. Um, either way, you have to beat those teams. If yes. you want to win the World Series, you have to beat the best teams along the way. So, The Braves have not gotten swept this season. It's very impressive. It's very, very impressive. So wishful thinking, obviously, to still land in first place. But at the same time, I don't necessarily feel like it'll be all – it'll be earned because of how you played the past six months, but it will definitely leave kind of a weird taste in the mouth if they somehow – it shouldn't, it shouldn't have come down to this series because no. the Braves uh, or the Mets had a, a softer schedule and they like losing to the Cubs, getting, getting swept, swept by, by the, the Cubs. Cubs. That, yeah. I mean, you win one game there. There's, there's just a bunch of that. When they had an easier schedule, they didn't push through. They've been... And I, I'll, I'll counter that because I've been seeing that floated around a lot and the Mets are very traditionally a bad September team just because that's the history of the franchise. I want to counter that by saying we also had a ton of comeback wins this year where we were down and out and we had a low, low percentage of winning and they still came back and won those games and made those games matter and stand up. And without those efforts, you know, 
this series does end up mattering. The series does end up being the end-all, be-all. So there are two sides of the coin that you can play there. I think a lot of people are having fun playing the September side, which makes sense because those are games you should have picked up. You've proven that you're a winner at that point. Those are games you should win. Um, But at the end of the day, all you had to do was win one game in Atlanta. That's what it, I'm well, more focused on. Well, you had to win on. one game to give yourself an, a chance to, to control your destiny. To control your own destiny. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a tough, tough way to go out. But they're still very good. They yes. still everything that we were excited about is still possible. Yes. Scherzer and Degrom can very easily go out there and throw up seven, eight, nine zeros and give yourself a chance. This is how we talk about like so our offense didn't produce great numbers. But they put up numbers. They didn't get shut out, Did which they have is twelve hits in the last game. They had twelve hits in the last game, I think. Um, but if if Scherzer Degrom go up and throw up zeros, you win two to nothing, and you're like, dang, that's that's playoffs. They only lost. They lost by two runs every game, I think. Yeah, it was five to three, four to two, and five to two. Okay, so the last one was. But three. they went eight hits, eight hits, eleven hits. That's like, what it's I mean. not like they. W- That's the frustrating part they of the entire have thing. Won, they still, yes, yes, very. But they didn't. But this is a very good team. That's why when you said you didn't like that, we played all like. I read. Did you listen or watch? What do you mean? The post game that you were talking about, the post game interviews from the Mets, where you like, I didn't like what I heard. I listened to the clips of Buck and Pete specifically. So Pete. Buck, and I get Buck P- is Pete Buck. has never been, but, but Pete also, if you read the body language, he's like, look, you know, you can see it in his eyes. You can see he's like, we didn't play bad. Yeah, we played all right, and that's not going to get it done in a playoffs. Right. So this was the playoffs, and so that's the thing, though. The Braves played out of this world, and the Mets didn't play great, and they got their butts kicked. But even in getting dominated, they lost by two, two, and three. And they left all the men on base. They're, and I think they, they scored first the first two games, which usually means a Mets win. I think they had like an 800 that winning percentage. That was tough. DeGrom gave up the lead. Scherzer gave up the lead. They got it back. He gave up the lead again. Like it was – and then Bassett, I'm going to just forget that this happened. Yeah. Like, That's what I, they all need to do. Yeah. Short I, there memory. was talks of, of Kershaw being, you know, choking – you know some of the great ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go for Bassett. It's in my head for next time. If you if this happens again, then the moment might be too big. But right. you get a free pass in my view. You don't get a free pass, but I will let it go for now. One of the tougher things that uh, stood out to me in this series was Michael Harris went one for twelve, and Ronald Acuna went two for ten. And you were able to handle those two guys who have pretty much kicked your butt all year long. It was the other guys that killed you. The guys that were kind of cold entering and they just showed up for the, I mean, Dansby is a different story because Dansby's just had an incredible year, but good, good for him, by good the way, him, yeah. he's a, he's an Excel guy and one of my fellow oh, yeah. agency guys. So there, he's going to have a fun off. Season. Oh yes, he is. <laughs> I, I wonder what's going to happen there. Cause he's an Atlanta guy. Atlanta's notorious for signing up local guys at a discount. I don't think you're going to get a discount. For I don't this cause they, they thought do. they might've got a discount for Freddie and that didn't happen. So yeah, well that was a fiasco. That was a fiasco. Also Excel. Yeah. He got an apology. He that did. Was, I saw that. A formal one. But, uh, we we'll get, get a little off. Point, yeah. I, I still, this is heavy. It feels somber. I mean, the, the weather in New York today is very fitting. <laughs> so gray out today. It was like wet and like, you know, I wanted to listen to uh, some sad music oh, on my yeah. way in, but I didn't. Yeah. I listened to some happy music. I like that. Uh, you. I got, you know, it, feel, it feels good. Every once in a while, you got to have a playlist that you know is going to bring you out of a little bit of a funk. So I played mine on the way here and I'm still mad. I'm still upset. At the team for not at the team. I'm not mad. Let me let me rephrase. I I wish they would have taken it, seized, and showed their A game. They yeah. didn't play their A game. They no. played their C game. Yeah. The starting pitchers played. They were they had. I'll give a C to Degrom and get a C C minus. He pitched good, but he gave up three homers. So C. I'll give. Scherzer a D, and I give Bassett uh, incomplete. Yeah, 
I mean, we, we heard from the beginning of the season when the Bassett trade first happened. We were in Arizona and we recorded that episode that if the Mets were going to make their run, it was going to be on the backs of their starting pitching. And that case is still true. Yep. Like this offense did what they usually did. They strung together a ton of hits. They didn't get the clutch one that they had been uh, searching for. And, you know, that goes back to past they series, too. They got it too. from McNeil. They got it from McNeil, straight up. And I think I'm a big fan of clean up McNeil, by the way putting him in those runners in scoring position situations, dealing with what you're dealing with right now. Cause we I'm were, with you. We did clean up Mark Canna. I didn't love that. We did Boy, clean up. Mark, Mark Canna. Well, well, let's go line up next. Yeah. 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 I mean, what else do, do you want to address before we get there? Uh, the bullpen. I'll get, here's, here's sure. some, here's some positives. Drew Smith looked incredible. Yes. He looked better than he did before. Yeah. Throwing that fastball at the top of the zone and not missing down. Also in a big moment. In big moments. Yeah. Uh, Trevor May looked incredible. This is the best version of Trevor May I've ever seen. Yeah. Even to even, last year. Even to last Interesting. year. Interesting. I think. Um, Edwin Diaz. Threw four pitches. Yeah. What Edwin a shame. Diaz looked fantastic. He did uh, strike out William Contreras so on three here, pitches. So here's, here's, the, here's the, the clip that I want. This is, this is for me. Write this down. Write this down. The... The worst case scenario didn't happen, and I was as we were watching the game last night. I said, "This could be the absolute disaster <laughs> stamp on on the Braves dominating the Mets here because Edwin Diaz, Timmy Trumpet, you know the blaster jacks narco coming out to the trumpets, right?" William Contreras decided that's going to be my walkout song because he <laughs> he loved all of it. So they go into Braves country. Edwin Diaz, who's been dominant all season long, gets to face William Contreras. And William Contreras could have, this is the worst case scenario, what could have happened. He homers off of Diaz and he starts going around playing the <laughs> trumpet like that's my song. All this, all this buzz about you, it's me. Like the Braves, everything we own, everything. But Diaz shut that down. That would have been worst case scenario. <laughs> I lived it in my brain. We're a big silver linings podcast. I think <laughs> we're and trying. Listen, I, I lived, had that fear. I lived that moment. Did you? I did. I was like, you know, he's coming out to Timmy Trumpets, and genius by the Braves, by the way. No, no, no. That's Contreras. It's not genius. No, to, do not for the Braves to save him for that moment and <laughs> not start him in that game and then put him in right there. That is it genius. Been. That's yeah, genius. But thank you, Edwin Diaz, for continuing your dominance because that would have I would have just like face down. I'm gonna take a nap for a while. I, game would have been off. That would have been tough. I'd have been doing. I would have been doing the post game because like, that would have been the the clip that gets you shown saw for years on TV on SNY. Like my body language would have been like. Hi, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Yeah, Gary, that's a really good point. <laughs> so thankfully, a game break. that would have been the worst case scenario. But Drew Smith looked great. Trevor May looked great. Seth Lugo looked all right. You know, he gave up a he didn't look great the first game, got away with a couple of things, but that that happens. Yeah. Um and Diaz was awesome. Adovino pitched. Adovino had a good inning. Yeah, yeah Adovino had a good inning. Uh so the bullpen looked really good. Peterson pitched too, right? Didn't he? Yeah, Peterson did one? well. Yeah, he did all right. Yep, yep. So I'm I'm no longer bullpen was never really a concern for me. It especially Joel isn't now. Joel and Joel really good. He had a good he, ninth inning. Yeah, he punched out Olson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, this is he solid. Looks good. Yeah. For so there, that's that's the silver lining that that the bullpen looks ready to go. Yeah. Um, it's just everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Mc, <laughs> McNeil is. I hope he wins a batting title. Not just. Well, he's a point off now, right? Yeah. I think man. that's it. He almost had four hits yesterday. I feel like he should still get an apple, right? Yeah, well, one hundred percent. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff McNeil, apple of our eye. Absolutely clutch. Seven Huge for thirteen, moments. two runs, a homer, an RBI. Batting fourth, which is tough. And I mean, he got a would-be rally started in pretty much every at bat that he took. Worked great at bats. I think I had never seen him choke up on the bat more than that final <laughs> at bat against Kenley. He rocked that pitch too. It he just did. got caught. Um, but I mean, if any of these hitters are ready for the playoffs, it's Jeff McNeil. Which Nemo, I'm excited for. Nemo looked pretty solid. Yeah. Um, Escobar stayed hot. Escobar stayed solid. There was a couple of moments that you know with runners in score position that he didn't come through. This is going to be controversial. Okay, but. I thought Francisco Lindor looked fine. That is definitely controversial. Again, he didn't come through, but his at-bats, his swings, 
he wasn't hitting is really hard. It's the hardest thing to do in all That's sports. That's a hot take. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah, but Francisco Francisco Lindor didn't look lost. He took decent ABs. He swung at a couple of pitches that he shouldn't have early. But I liked his confidence in the at the plate. I liked his balance. He didn't get too big. Like you saw what Alvar Francisco Alvarez. Yeah, we'll that talk, last we'll at talk bat, about yeah, it. We'll talk about just the kids. in all the all the at bats. He looked a little bit trying to do too much. We saw Scherzer and Bassett trying a little too much. I didn't see that from Francisco Lindor. He didn't the results aren't there, which is all you care about. But from a baseball player perspective, I like the at bats that he took. I like the swings that he took. I liked his demeanor. I like what he said in the post game. I thought his quotes were great. Yeah, yep. He I thought he handled it very well. He didn't come through, but he didn't look overmatched, didn't look pressed. He didn't look like the moment was too big. Right. He just didn't come through. Yeah. Uh, what was it? What was his? You he, ha- went, he went three for thirteen, scored a run, struck out four times. Yeah, so okay. it's not a great series, so, but also it's not like you're not doing anything. The big strikeout in the third inning. I yeah, think, yeah. Morton backed up a curveball. Yeah. Eh. You know. I mean, I, you could point to any of these guys, really, with uh, all of them came up with a big at-bat at some point and just didn't come through, and that was the yeah. entire name of the series. Alonzo, Lindor, Nimmo, even though he had a good series, had an at-bat like that. Canna did as well. They had first and second at one point, and I think Canna, Giorme, and McCann all just went down in game three. That was, yeah, so... It's everybody. You want to talk Francisco Alvarez? Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about the kid. Yeah. Let's talk about the kid. Um... The toughest situation you can make your debut in, but also you could have been the, the, this could have been the initiation of the greatest player of all time. Yes. You know what I mean? But I liked it. I still like the idea of putting him in because you got nothing from your right handed DHs all season long. Yes. Um, Ruff went down his neck. He's uncap- incapable of playing. So they IL'd him and incepts Alvarez. They weren't expecting anything. They got what, was okay. That's okay for him to do that. Yeah. He was really anxious, eager. He's 20 years old. He really wanted to 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 impress and he didn't. And that's fine. I have I I don't there was no issue with how he played. Obviously it stinks that he never got a hit, barely put the ball in play. Um swung at every single pitch almost that he saw <laughs> until like I think he took a ball for the first time in his last at bat. So so here's what I'll say about Alvarez because his very first at-bat, he swings at the first pitch and absolutely hits a liner piss missile that just goes right to Austin Riley's I mean, It wasn't that hit. I think it was I mean, 90, 90, 95. That's not bad. I mean, that kid, if, yeah. Austin Riley has a great glove at third base. He it makes that play, play. Turns yeah. into a double play. He rocks one to center field on his second to last at-bat, just shy of the warning track. Good piece of hitting. Yeah, you're a little critical of him. It's interesting. That's fine. His final at-bat against Kenley in the first game was one of the worst at-bats I've seen all Completely season. Completely overmatched. Completely. Kenley's an awkward duck to yes. face. He's got that timing, and he's nasty. Yeah. And he's also like 7 foot, 450 pounds. He's, that sounds accurate, yeah. He throws from right here. It's the, He's very strange to face, and in a moment like that, that's a tall. That's a that's a tall order. And then he came up against Minter, I believe, in the final game in his last at-bat. Worked a good count, got to three and two, had taken the slider for three balls and then swung at it on the last pitch, trying to find something to hit. Um, so they were at bats that kind of looked exactly like what you'd expect from a 20 year old kid getting a start in the biggest series of the entire season. That's 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 the my takeaway. That's yeah. just kind of what you expect. You know, they could have made some mistake pitches and he would hit it 5000 feet. Yeah, but they didn't. And he didn't. He also, what I really liked is that he still oozed confidence the entire time. Yeah, he still is the same guy. I think he he had a little bit of like, okay, this isn't as easy as I maybe I Which was you hoping need, for. You need that gut check. Baseball's a humbler, man. Yeah. Baseball is a humbling sport. It's full of failure, especially from the offensive production side. 300 is 3 out of 10. Seven failures. So you have to kind of go in, and, and these are learning experiences for him. He's going to get a lot of playing. He might get behind the plate. In the final series of the year? Why not? Here's the one qualm I've had, especially with this series. Why was James McCann behind the plate last night? Did you see the clip of him setting up too early and Acuna 
signaling to Harris? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's... Is that legit? I don't, I don't think so. No? It could have been. Was he just fixing his helmet? Like, I don't well, know. Well, he, he, he's always messing with his helmet. Right. I don't think it was a signal. Didn't matter anyway. It's got to stop. Tomas Nito has to play. He homered in one of these games. <laughs> Not just homered. He took really good at-bats. Yeah. And in that 7-8-9, he's the only guy. He, he stung the ball twice. Um, was it a Bassett connection with him and McCann? I don't think Didn't so. Work. Not worth it. Not Nito, at all. Nito has to be in there. We this team this Mets team has already proven that they don't care how much you make with Robinson Cano. If you're making forty million dollars a year and you're not, that's a special pot, case. That's a special case, obviously. But I do feel like there is some sort of implication that we're in the second year of a four year deal, and you still want to play the guy when you can. But I hope Francisco Alvarez gets behind the plate for at least one of these games in the final set yeah, of the I year. Think he, I actually, if if why not? I don't. Yeah, I don't think he would have. In, in the greatest of circumstances right. because the Mets would be ready to lock this up. You might right. catch the last game, but that would have been DeGrom pitching. Maybe not, uh, but he should get behind the plate sometime. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. He's definitely got a hit. Um, he's got a – I don't care. Let me, let me, let let me pose you something. If Francisco Alvarez plays all three of these games, he maybe DHs one or two and catches one. And he shows out, and then he smacks the ball, and he takes much better at-bats in the Braves series. What do you do? Do you carry three catchers on this playoff roster? Do you just cut them and no, let them stand in the catchers. couple? You carry all three? I still think he's very capable of making this roster. I, I do, st- too. I think he's on the roster in the playoffs. Because I think I would... What What do you want off the bench if he's not starting? Right. If he's not DHing, he's not starting. You want the capability to drive in a run. Didn't look great this series. Didn't need to look great. He's still the same guy. Yeah. Show that you can put the bat on the ball. You can take some tough pitches in this series. Don't look overmatched, and you'll you'll make this roster because Vientos wasn't ready. Yeah. Uh, I, again, he's he could be a very good ball player. I like what I see, but he's not ready yet. Yeah. But Alvarez has yeah he, he is very capable of being on this team because they don't have the guy off the bench. Yeah. From the right side. You know, never had it. Haven't had it all year. I will say, he didn't get to play a ton this series. Dan Vogelback took some really good at-bats. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And yep. it sucks that you can't really play him against lefties because those numbers against lefties are really, really bad. If you're not familiar with them, go look because they're not pretty. I had to explain this to one of my family members. Like, why did they lift Vogelback and put in Alvarez? I was like, just go look at baseball reference. Yeah. But he's not... How How's Josh Bell done? That's it. So... I'm I am I'm so glad you brought this up because I am seeing way too many people still talking about the trade deadline. I mean that's that's fair because you, think you saw what Rysel Iglesias did. He's been unbelievable. But I like our bullpen. I do. I, I love I don't our like bullpen it as much as I like the Braves bullpen. They're deeper. Yeah, they have like three more guys. Josh Bell has a 76 OPS plus since joining so, the Padres. Yeah, and again that's a new environment coming over. Could sure. have been whatever it is. He's still. Would have played both. He would have been lefty, righty, another switch hitter. Juan so Soto has a 799 OPS, which know, is which considered is bad. Very bad for him. But it's a 136 OPS plus. Yeah. Which is surprising. I don't know. He's I don't know. I still think the trade for Vogelback is one of the best trades any team made at this deadline. Vogelback has been solid. Yeah. He's done his job. The rest of them, I mean, Ruff is going to be a story in Mets history for a while. Canna was tough. Canna has disappeared since the Philly game. Um, didn't even take like you. you didn't like, look hit, like again, Mark Canna. Didn't take his at bats. Looked confused at the plate. That's why you know when I said Lindor looked fine. Mm-hmm. I like Lindor's approach. Canna looks a little lost in the moment, and you could write the ship. He's he, the way they take their at bats. You know how we talked about how Brandon Nemo takes those at bats. He looks the same. Yeah. Canada doesn't look the same right now. You have three days. You have three games to figure it out at the plate, to look yourself, to find that knowledge of the strike zone, find your swing. He was in defense mode. Yeah, which from is, the first pitch. Yeah, so that was strange. Since the Philly game, the thing that has concerned me is eight walks to 25 strikeouts, Yeah, which is not Heavy strikeouts. Mark Canna. Yeah, That's not yeah, Mark yeah. Canna he's at not, all. He's not locked in right now. Also, 13 hit by pitches in 33 games. Well, there you go. How does that, how does that happen? He is a magnet, I think. <laughs> he's figured it out. So, 
there's obviously a lot to say about this Mets lineup, and I think we've gone through most of it. Eduardo Escobar still a good series. Four for 11, double walk RBI. Good stuff. Um, what do you do in these last three games? You, it's a good, well, f- is there a specific question in there? Do you give Alonzo and Lindor reps all three games to get them right? Do you play the guys that are fringe roster contestants? Do you work a bullpen game to see who's in and who's out in that aspect? Like, there's a lot to figure out in these last three games, even though they don't necessarily matter. From a bullpen perspective, the bullpen, you give them what they need to be ready for the playoffs. Yeah. You, excuse me, you give Drew Smith probably one more outing. You give Trevor May one more. Seth Lugo, maybe one more. Edwin Diaz, if he wants to pitch once in this. He's already proven he doesn't need yeah, to get Adivino, regular reps. You figure out what guys need, and you get that in this. Whatever yeah. case, whatever you need here. Um, I think Taiwan and... It's Cookie and then Cookie. Taiwan, yeah. And then Trevor Williams, probably game three. Maybe, but... Yeah, I think because you're not going to do a full-on bullpen game. I no, think. I think Degrom might get another side in between. You know, normally he would have pitched the last game of the year to set himself up for game one. So if he, if the Mets locked it up, he would have pitched the last game of the year right. to get in that rotation. So he might throw a side, probably not in the game. So we we can do the preview for the for the national series because I think we we want to save we we can. I don't even want to do it. Yeah, what are you looking for? I'm looking for the kids to play. Yeah. I think Vientos should get some starts. Alvarez should get some starts. Vientos at third. Alvarez behind the plate in DH. Maybe. I think so, too. Because that's I, a good I, idea. Vientos, maybe. I can see the him staying on the bench because mm-hmm. he's not going to be on the roster. If you want to give uh, Escobar a day, um, that could be it. Yeah. Um, Alvarez has to play against lefties or righties. I don't care. I think you should play him against both. Yep. I think you should maybe even play Vogie against a lefty and just see what you have. Because he could be just hot. <laughs> that could be a thing. Um, I, I just but think I that afraid, a lot of guys need to I would be afraid to, to, to get him out of whatever sure. sink he's in with sure. against righties. Um, I trust Buck to make the right decisions there. Yeah. And then as far as, you know, Taiwan versus Cookie, is that even a discussion we need to have because of the wild It's Taiwan for me. But, it's Taiwan for me too. But now it but necessarily might not them, matter. Do either of them make this postseason roster wild card round wild card round i think you load up that bullpen mm-hmm. and you load up that do bench. either one of those guys make the bullpen no i, I wouldn't so i would not try transitioning them right now i know cookie's not making it for me no taiwan cookie might not, not even make my division series he wouldn't roster. make my division series right because i just those are those spots run out so quickly mm-hmm. i think we will do a full episode yeah, on we'll this later in the episode. week really okay. construct the cool. roster and stuff like that sounds good uh and you know preview like who's going to get your game one ball and stuff like that so stay tuned for that listeners um but yeah i mean we can preview this it's it's the national series it doesn't necessarily matter i think it's just all about calibrating your hitters and getting your rotation set up for what is going to be It'll a be a big cookie, three-day weekend. cookie versus Taiwan. Taiwan has the edge, in my opinion. Yeah. He looked, you know, the numbers weren't great, but he looked really sharp. Yeah. Cookie did not look sharp. Hasn't looked sharp for a while. So it's Taiwan if the, if we need that four spot, unless something crazy happens or Cookie looks like a Cy Young candidate. Yeah. So that's that's a lock for me. You know, Cookie's been good for us all year. So sometimes you got a tough pill to swallow and you don't make that roster, but. What else? What else are we looking for? Alvarez to, to swing and hit? I'm looking for days to go by and get further <laughs> removed from that Braves series. I'm hoping series. they win two out of three and get to 100 wins That's, because this I is think, a good yeah. ball club. Yeah. This is They deserve something. I I still think this ball club is capable of winning the World Series. I, I, do, I do, do as well. I don't think one series can really change that. I mean, obviously, it you know it's a little bit of a damper, obviously. Like, you know, Monday morning is gray right now. And this is probably the most somber podcast we've ever recorded. Fittingly. Fittingly, for yeah. sure. But at the same time, the roster's still the same. Everyone still stayed healthy the entire run of the way. You still have just as good of a shot. You've proven that you can beat any of these teams that you might face in the wild card round. Yeah. And you've proven that you can beat the Dodgers. And you've beaten the Braves before. Yeah. So n- for no reason should anything automatically be an end point for this team. Yeah, again... Should have, could have, 
would have what all that and you you feel how you feel understandably yeah i am most upset with scherzer de grand bassett because that is the bread and butter of this ball club that yep. is the dna that they come that's that's the knockout punch that the separator between the braves offense and their advantages in power yeah and the the mets power of pitching at the top good pitching beats good hitting when they're both head-to-head at their peak and we didn't get any bit of peak from our three guys and that's hard but they're very capable of going right out there and shoving the next time they're out for the rest of it if they show up and all three of them decide that they want to be yeah uh, madison bumgarner would you be surprised no i wouldn't either and they could carry you to and through a world series victory very capable I still think I might I'm not a gambling guy. Whoa. I imagine the odds are still maybe at their lowest for the Mets to win the World Series. I might as a fan throw some money uh like into whatever app that you are. The because, odds have probably gotten like less favorable. Yeah, yeah. because now you're at, you're going to get a little bit at the end because Scherzer and DeGrom are still there. Yeah. Edwin Diaz is still there. Lindor 40 homer Alonso are still there and you have a very capable third starter in Bassett in spite of what you saw or despite of what despite or in spite despite 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 what you saw yesterday I still believe that he's he's a good pitcher and and maybe the best number three in the game except Kyle Wright might be uh, yeah, I know. I was gonna say you know Blake Snell whatever the case very very good pitcher but you're very capable of winning the World Series. I would not. It would be an amazing run, an absolutely fun run to the World Series. But you need your top two guys to show up. It's why you're paying Scherzer the average annual value for games like this, for the playoffs. It's why DeGrom is, you know, you've had hope for him for the last couple of years to right the ship because you know what he's capable of doing. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. It's still right there for the taking but the Mets now have to take it and they're now battle tested too and the test obviously didn't go well but it's better that it happened this weekend than in the first round of the playoffs yeah having, the, the having these three games to remember who you are to to get up off the canvas and get ready to go out there and throw some haymakers I love it absolutely yeah I think they're still capable it stinks the Braves looked great uh, I feel a little bit bad for our friend Sal Licata. Oh, oh! I <laughs> He's have gonna some wear thoughts. it. He's gonna wear yeah, that's it. That's a that's a colleague of yours. How's he doing? Uh, I I don't know. I wouldn't haven't spoken great. to him. I, I know that uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be hearing probably from Mets fans as well. I think forever probably. Yeah. Well, if were they, you were you in studio when that when that bit I happened? Was, I was not. Okay. Because um, I feel like you would have intervened. I think and, I would have. Eh. <laughs> That it's yeah, it's very unsal-like too, which is he's yeah. you know he's your typical yeah I don't but you know he's gonna wear it and rightfully so you say some things on air that's recorded. Shit's, the great thing about our show permanent. we've been pretty we've been pretty careful this entire year as you should you yeah. know because you, you say some things and again this is Ron Darling said something to me uh, when I asked him about transitioning from the clubhouse to the booth or yeah. from you know into the media side of things. And he says, look, Jerry, all you got to do, never say anything on camera that you wouldn't say to the player's face. And I still live by that. Yeah. Everything, I've been critical of players, but I would have done the same thing. I, I'm not being harsh on your character. I'm not uh, saying that you're not working hard unless you're not working hard. But I haven't had to say any of those things. Uh, the accountability, all that, I, I appreciate that. So I... I'm critical of Mark Canna and how he's looked at the plate, but I understand that that's really hard to do. Yeah. I think he's very capable of getting back to him. Bassett, the moment. Again, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. You learn from it. You can right the ship. I've seen you pitch great. DeGrom, I think you can go out and throw up zeros. I still think you're the best pitcher on the planet. Scherzer, you know, he he made some mistakes. Uh, I didn't – I expected him to, to – after the first inning of shakiness, I expected him to throw six shutout innings of dominance, and he didn't. That's fine. I'm yeah. sure he expects the same thing from himself. Um, baseball's hard. 
I, I, I'm, I might be critical, but I still believe in the arc of this season. The team might win. They should win 100 games. Uh, and they have a chance to win the World Series, man. So this is still a good season. It's been so fun to cover. It feels horrible now because of the Braves being so close to the dominance. They look like the World Series favorites right now. Yeah. Uh, especially if they get Spencer Strider. And they just made us look like their little brothers. You know what I mean? They just said, get here. No, this is our division for five years in a row. Go back down. Stop it. We still are better than you. Yeah. And so it feels like that. You feel bullied. You felt like you were the bully, and then you got bullied, and it's an ego check. And again, you're still a World Series contender. You're still going to be one of the teams that can win the World Series, and you still have all your pieces. Yeah. Well said, honestly. I think that's a, a probably a good place to land on. Uh, so Mets fans, similar to the Mets themselves, pick yourself up off the mat. Season's not over yet. Correct. In fact, it's going to get very real in five days, so get ready. And, you know, get loud. Show to the stadium. Go. Oh, this is going to be the out. first Mets did playoff you hear, game. Did you feel the atmosphere in Atlanta, that City Field is a home field advantage. Show up to the field, support this team, uh, and and make it intimidating for whoever comes into this because the Padres guys aren't very experienced. Yeah, the Phillies guys. If it's Phillies, I know they'll show up. Yeah, uh, I expect the fans to show up anyway. But if it's the Padres coming into town to New York, remind them that San Diego. It's nice and fun and like, yeah, it's a fun environment. We enjoy it. Mm -hmm. California, SoCal, cool. Remind them what it's like to come into New York. Remind them. Yep. And uh, we're going to preview that series later in the week. Talk about what our rosters might look like. Talk about what our opponent might look like. Lots of Shea Station coming up, guys. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Let's go Mets. For Jolly, for Jack, I'm Jerry. Let's go Mets. Keep your chin up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>